Hey, good morning. My name is Elijah. Please stand for the reading of the word. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Rejoice. Christ has come. Luke 2, 8 through 11. Be seated. We're in our Advent series. The word Advent means arrival. If you've been here, you've heard me say that. And, and each week you light a candle because we're awaiting Jesus' arrival and the reminders of what Jesus brings. And so the first week we talked about he brings hope. Last week, Stephanie talked about he brings peace. And today I'm talking about he brings joy, that, that Jesus brings joy. And I was thinking about just... Um, Things that bring something. So I got this little game I'm going to play here. I don't know if you don't want to play, but we'll play anyway. Okay, great. Second service loves my games. You wouldn't believe it. All right. It's going to be blank brings blank. I'll say the name, and I'll say they bring, and you say what they bring. All right? So we'll, 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 we'll practice. We'll do practice. Clouds bring. Man, y'all are way smarter than I thought you were. Anyway, but that's, that's great. Anyway. I didn't know if you'd get that one or not. All right, here we go. You ready? Santa brings presents, toys, okay. All right. Sunday lunch brings naps. Postal workers bring bills. You're right, bills. <laughs> yes, they bring bills. Amazon brings Christmas. They bring Christmas. Remember, you have to go. To, you used to have to go to the store. Man, that was so outdated, isn't it? God, it's all coming. I know. I know when it's going to get here. We got two days, and Christmas. Chris, our Christmas will be here in two days. Anyway, I'm just coffee brings. <laughs> I'll say happiness. Coffee brings happiness. We're going to talk about the difference between that in a second. All right. The Falcons bring. Heartache. The word is heartache, people. Heartache. I put disappointment too. Kids bring things to pay for. Yes, that's what they bring. Always got their hand out. Yes. Wednesdays bring thirsty. <laughs> that's good. Wednesdays bring hope. It's like, I can do this. You know, you get to Wednesday, you're like, I, I, got this, I got this week down. And then Fridays bring, I put joy. <laughs> I want to talk to you about joy. Uh, that of all the things we talk about that Jesus brings, joy is to me, this is just personal. It's, hard for, it's the hardest one for me to figure out sometimes. 
because we get joy and happiness mixed up all the time. We do. We get them, we get them mixed up all the time. Uh, I have this newspaper clipping from 1992. This is when the Braves came back and beat the Pirates. Sid Bream slid in. He was safe and actually uh, saw Sid Bream, and I got him to sign this when I saw him, and he signed it for me. But I just thought that was the headline. The headline was joy, and I remember that day. I remember, I remember when they came back and won. I couldn't, couldn't believe they won that game, and I, and I was so excited, and I thought, man, what a great headline, joy. But they lost the next weekend. They lost the series. And so is that joy? That you win one week, and then the next week it's gone? And a lot of times we get joy mixed up with happiness. There's, there's this article about a student named Kyle Martin in 2019 that he was elected the valedictorian. And the, the, the article about him is called the 16th second, in which he said that when he was elected, when he was selected, when he earned valedictorian, he got that for 15 seconds. And he, he shared this in his speech. For 15 seconds, he was like, Man, this is great. It's so great. And then he said, the 16th second, he thought to himself, that's it. That's it. And a lot of times we think of, of joy and happiness in those minds. So, so I want to I I just differentiate between them before we go any further. This comes from Compassion International, an organization that provides resources for children all around the world. And they talked about the difference between joy and happiness. They said that joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. That joy is in the soul. Happiness is in the moment. Joy transcends any circumstance. Happiness reacts to circumstances. Joy stays. Happiness comes and goes. Joy endures. Happiness may or it may not. Joy is eternal. And happiness is circumstantial. You see, Jesus brings joy. The scripture here from Luke 2. says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Great joy to all people. The Savior Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Rejoice. Christ has come. That when Jesus comes, one of the things that he brings is joy. And what happens to us a lot of times is that we, we just kind of lose, lose focus when it comes to joy. I, I, I was going to Walmart no, two Saturdays ago. Not this Saturday. I wouldn't be that dumb to go this Saturday. But I went, two Saturdays ago, I thought this is going to be great. I'm going to go to Walmart on Saturday. And I went over there, and look, guys, I'm, this is no exaggeration. Every parking spot was full. And it spilled over into where the uh, T-Mobile is over there and where the uh, IHOP is. There wasn't a parking spot. You know what I thought? I can't go here today. This will, not, this will ruin me right here. 
But would it really, would it ruin my joy? I didn't go. Would it ruin me? Would it ruin my joy? See, so many times we think of joy as being circumstantial. And so I was reading just about this whole concept of joy, that even people who are not Christ followers talk about that we we need to have joy reminders. And certainly as Christ followers, we need to be reminded of the joy we have. And so, so I'm going to give you four reminders of why you can have joy of no matter what's going on in your life. And I thought Stephanie did a great job last week of setting this up, that we all have seasons of life that are difficult. And I said this last week, that when we talk about Christmas, man, for a lot of people, Christmas is great. For a lot of people, it's a reminder that my life is not what I thought it was going to be. So how do you have joy in those moments? So I'm going to give you four, four reasons here, four ways right here, four ways. The first is this, is that we have joy because Jesus is with us. We have joy because Jesus is with us. And the scripture here talks about in Isaiah 7, 14, it says, she will give birth to a son and he will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I, this was in the first message, the message on home. And the, the thing that we have to remember is that the enemy, he wants to come in and kill, steal, and destroy. And one of the things he wants to steal, he wants to steal your joy. And one of the things he wants to tell you is that you've got this stuff happening and Jesus has turned his back on you and he's left you. And man, you just, you just need to quit. You need to give up and you need to stop. And you, you have to remind yourself that, man, whatever I'm going through, that that's who Jesus is that he is one who is with us. He is the one who stays. He doesn't come and go. He's not here for a moment. He's not here when things are good and when things are bad, he's gone somewhere else. No, he's with us in the hard times. He's with us in the good times. He's with us in the blessings. He's with us in the storms himself, that Jesus is this God who is with us. And I love the scripture in the Old Testament from Isaiah 12, 6. I love what it says. It says, let all the people of Jerusalem shout his praise with joy. For great is the Holy One of Israel who lives among you, that he is with us, that he lives with us. Listen, he does life with us. He does life with you. When you're in a storm, he's right there with you. And you say, I, don't, I can't feel him. I don't, I, don't, I don't see him. I'm telling you, you just have to trust that he is because that's the kind of God that we have, that we can have joy that no matter what's going on in our lives, that Jesus is with us. A while back, I was telling Leslie that I feel like I'm chasing something. I don't know if you've ever been there in your life. I'm 58. I look like I'm 38, but I'm 58. I'm a good-looking 58. We were riding in a car, so I feel like I'm chasing something. I don't know if you've ever been there. I'm not really sure what it is. Nothing was bad in my life. Nothing was wrong. just felt like I was chasing something. And the thing that I was chasing was joy. I started to track and started to think about just, I'd been real busy. There were some things going on in my life that, that, that weren't perfect. I probably was focusing way too much on those, but not, not any, it wasn't anything terrible. Nobody had died or anything like that. And, you know, I, certainly Leslie and I, we were, were great. We weren't having problems or anything. It was just, I don't know what was going on with me. And you know what brought me out of it? Is this right here? To remember that Jesus is with me. When I started to think about him being with me, that everything didn't have to be perfect. Things at church don't always have to be great. I want them to. 
I was telling the Murphys this morning that, that she, they, were like, they were saying, hey, it's, it's not raining today. I said, sometimes I pray for rain because I want to eliminate the competition in your life to come. But I can't control the rain, y'all. I can't control who comes. And a lot of times in our lives, in your life, you're like me. You're, you're chasing something. You're trying to figure it out. And if you would just really grab onto this one thing, that, man, Jesus is with me. He's with me on Monday morning. He's with me in the truck. He's with me at home. He's with me when I'm I'm doing what I love to do. He's with me when I'm with my kids. That he is with me. That he is a God who stays. He's with me when things are not good. That Hebrews 13.5 said, He never leaves me or forsakes me. The second one is this, is that we have joy because Jesus is for us. And I want to camp out here for a little bit because I feel like this is the enemy's greatest tactic. He wants you to believe that God's not for you. That he'd be for you if you'd get your stuff together. That he'd be for you if you were trying harder. If he'd, he'd be for you if, you if you'd conquer that addiction. He'd be for you if you'd stop doing that. He'd be for you if you started doing that. That... that God would be for you if you got your stuff together. That's what I feel like he tells us. Man, he's not for you right now. I mean, you're not living right. You're not doing right. He's not for you. I want to camp out here and look at some scripture. This scripture we, we, we got from Romans. It's going to come on the screen, but I'm going to read it. think I am. Y'all are solemn today. Somebody, somebody laugh or something, okay? Verse 31. He says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up, what's those two words? For us. Won't he also give us everything else? And who dares accuse us? When God has chosen us for his own. No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who will then condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died. What's those two words? And was raised to life for who? And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for who? For us. Now we read those words and you read them like somebody died. I read them like somebody rose to life. Man, that God, listen to me. God's for you. He is for you. He's for everything about you from the day that you were born. He's for you no matter what you look like, no matter what you do, no matter what your past is like, that he is for you. He's always, listen to me, he's always been for you. Always. Always been for you. He's always been there. Come on, you got it. Come on, you got it. I'm here for you. Come on. Get on my back. Climb on. I'll carry you. He's always been for us. 
That he's that kind of God. And man, so many times, man, our joy is something because we think, man, God's not for me. This has happened. I've done it again. I've done what I said I wouldn't do again. Or these things have happened. I prayed. And you know what? The exact opposite happened. And God couldn't be for me. And I'm telling you, hear me, hear me on this. He is for you. He's always been for you. And he's always going to be for you. Because he can't do anything else. That's the promise he has given us. That God is for us. They sent Jesus for us. Man, that word where when I read this scripture that Jesus is pleading for us, he's pleading for us. That man, even on my worst days, man, Jesus is there for me. And I've told y'all this, that Jesus has always had my back. Man, I don't get it right every time. But he's always had my back. And he's always got your back pleading for you. So if you and I could believe one thing today, one moment, one thing, one promise, that man, if you want to have joy, you just simply remember that God is for me. I heard the story of Bob Russell, who is a retired pastor in Louisville. And he told this story, he's at a very large church, where he was going to do a revival. And his son made the all-star team. And he called the church and, 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 and he said, hey, I know this is crazy, but I was wondering if you could reschedule your revival so that I could go watch my son play baseball. And they did. They rescheduled it. Man, he went and did the revival weeks or months later. I can't remember. But one of the church members said, how did your son do in the tournament? He said, oh, he didn't play. He said, I knew he wasn't going to play. And the church member said, you canceled the revival to go watch your son play in a tournament that you knew he wasn't going to play in? And Bob said, I don't go watch my son because he's good. I go watch him because he's my son. Listen, that's how God thinks about you. He's for you. Hear me on this. Listen, everything in your life's not going to be perfect. It's not. I look at Dave, he had a four-wheel wreck. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. But he's going to be with you. And I think about your life. It's not always going to be perfect. Not on this side of eternity. But one thing that is, is that he is for you. He is working things for your good. He's pleading for you that nothing's going to... And I'm going to finish the scripture here. Who will then condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus has died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are all killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. He says, no. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us in Christ Jesus. That Christ is for us. That whatever happens in your life, hear me on this, cancer, divorce, death, despair, defeat, disease, addiction, listen to me. He's always for you. Count on it. Live it. Bank on it.
The third one, we have joy because Jesus has saved us. We have joy because Jesus has saved us. Uh, I used to say that uh, sometimes uh, somebody would say they made a mistake, and I, I, would, I would make a joke about it. Somebody said, I made a mistake. I, I, don't, I don't say it very much anymore. Maybe I need to. Somebody said, I made a mistake. And I would, I would make this joke. I'd say, did anybody go to hell over it? They said, no, it's, okay. it's not a big deal then. And I wish we operated that way. I wish we operated that we really felt like that, man, I'm saved, that I've got joy, that things that happen are not as big as we think they are because of the joy we have. And so the scripture right here just talks about the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Rejoice, Christ has come, that Jesus has always been called the Savior. He's always been prophesied, always been predicted, always been known that he is the Savior. That, man, we can have joy because we have been saved. And so I'm going to ask you this question. Have you placed Jesus as the Savior of your life? If you want to know joy, if you want to have joy, if you want to experience joy, it's found in knowing Jesus Christ. It's found in placing your trust in Him. But you and I, we have joy today because we've placed our faith in Him. Peter said it like this. We get the next one. Yeah, so tr be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine, is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice, listen to this, with a glorious, inexpressible joy that no matter what's going on in my life, that man, I'm saved. What's the worst thing that can happen? Because you fixed the worst thing through placing your faith in Christ. The reward for trusting in Him will be the salvation of your souls. So I'm going to ask you again, have you placed your faith in Him? Are you placing your faith in Jesus to save you? Do you want joy? It's found in Him. Which leads me to the last one. We can have joy because we share Jesus. I want to tell you what's on my heart, and I know it's, I feel like, I feel like you guys are out there. Sometimes I feel like you're with me. Is everybody with me right here? You're with me? I mean, really, literally. Like Y'all aren't going to hurt my feelings. Shake your head no if you're not with me. Okay, you can leave. I'm just, <laughs> you're, just, you're dismissed. I want you to know my heart. Born in 2024, you're going to hear me talk more about sharing our faith. I feel like this is something the Lord's been talking to me about, and I've been talking a little bit to our staff about. The natural inclination for a church is to turn inward. I'm not saying we're inward. But there's people you can reach that I can't. And God wants you to reach them. And I feel like one of the 
one of the reasons sometimes we don't have joy is because we're not telling people about Jesus. Now, I'm going to share you a couple stories. I've got people that I've invited and they've come. I've got people I've invited, they've gotten saved. I've got people invited, they're, they're still coming and trying to figure out. And then I've got people that I've invited that have absolutely rejected me to my face. I'm going to say this. I'm good with it. I love them. I don't, I don't, I don't invite them as, as a project. I invite them because I love them. And I'm going to keep inviting them. And I've invited this guy for Easter for three years. I think I've told you all this. For three years. The first year he told me no. The second year he told me no. This past year he told me maybe. And we've had a lot of conversations about Jesus. Look, I can't make him believe. But I'm going to tell you something. If he doesn't place his faith in Jesus Christ, it won't be on me. I don't, I'm just telling you. It won't be because I didn't tell him. And I look, I pray and I want him to. And it's not like I'm trying to relieve myself of some guilt or some, something. That's not my point. That's not my point. I want him to come to know Jesus Christ so bad. I want you to want people to come to know Jesus Christ that bad. Hear me on this. That you stay awake at night that you get up early and pray, that you invite, and you don't thump them over the head with the Bible, but you invite and you love and you engage in conversation, and maybe you have them over your home and you talk to them. Maybe you take them out to lunch and try to explain the gospel to them, but you're willing to be rejected, but you're just going to love. That's when we will all experience joy. Look at this scripture right here. It says, after seeing him, the shepherds went home and didn't tell a soul. And that's not what it says. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. I know you're thinking, probably thinking, well, if an angel came and I, I saw him, I'd tell, yeah, I don't know if you would or not, to be honest with you. Because if you hadn't figured it out by now that Jesus died and rose again, that's all you need. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told him, I'm here to tell you. Joy is found in sharing about Jesus. And I want you to experience joy. I want to experience joy. And I want us to reach our community for Christ. He's with us. He's for us. He saved us. Go tell it. I don't know where you're at today. I feel like I haven't been all over the map. But it really doesn't matter. Because it all comes down to this. Are you going to trust Jesus? Are you going to trust him in your storms? Are you going to trust him with your life? Are you going to trust him when you don't understand? Are you going to believe that he's with you? Are you going to believe that he's for you? Are you going to believe that he saved you? Are you going to believe it enough that, man, you can't wait to tell somebody about Jesus? We're going to sing a song. We're going to have a time of prayer. Maybe you need to come up front and pray. Maybe you need to talk to me about accepting Christ. If you've never done that, I'd love to talk to you about that. But the last piece is, maybe you'll take that card and you'll invite someone. And one day they'll walk through the doors and their life will change that they will find hope, they will find peace.
they will find joy in the presence of Jesus Christ. I'm praying that's the church we are. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for being our joy, being our constant. That, Lord, happiness is it's fleeting. There's moments where we are, there's moments where we're not. And even when we have it, it, it leaves us so quickly. But, Father, you never leave. And so, Lord, I pray for the person here today that's never understood that you are with them and you are for them and you want to save them. And Lord, I pray that they would respond today. And then, Lord, I also pray for those here today, the rest of us, that, man, we're going to share what you've done in our lives. We're going to share what you have brought and given us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with us and sing?